everyone. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to tackle some signs of a false teacher that I have noticed both in my own experience and as I have read, seen, or heard things from more recent times. False teachers or false teachings are some of the biggest topics of Paul's epistles. In almost every letter to a church or an area, he's always trying to combat some sort of heresy or false teaching that's being shared. And even Jesus talked about this when he warned about wolves in sheep's clothing, people who look like they are actually legit but are really speaking lies. And if we look around our world, we see a lot of examples of this kind of stuff. You're going to see a lot of different cults where people start to speak and they're charismatic and they get people to believe them and they follow them and then crazy stuff happens. But there's also Christian cults, like the one that I was a part of, where somebody is coming up with crazy ideas and misinterpreting the Bible and leading people astray and away from God. And there's other Christian cults, or they call themselves Christian cults, um, like Jehovah's Witness or Church of Latter-day Saints or things like that, where they have some ideas that sound Christian, but when you actually get into it, they're not. And then there's just people out there who are speaking things that aren't necessarily biblically accurate. And so how do you discern what the truth is and how do we figure out what these false teachers are and if we should be listening to them or not? Because there are false teachers on both sides of the spectrum. You're going to find uber conservative false teachers and you're going to find progressive false teachers. And so how do we know these people are false teachers and that we shouldn't be listening to them? And I just want to let you guys know a few of the signs that I've found. But before that, I want to just differentiate between false teachers and false teaching. And I found this differentiation actually from Jackie Hill Perry, an article that she um, was being interviewed in. And the differentiation there, false teachers are often people who have this desire to control and they are manipulating and they have not a good heart. Like they are trying really hard to get something from people or get something from the system or from society or whatever. So they're out there manipulating and controlling on purpose to get something. And I would list my old cult leader in that category. He definitely had desires that he was trying to fulfill, and that's why he was doing the things he was doing. However, you can also have misinformed teaching, which is false teaching. People who are doing this with really great hearts, and they really mean well, and they think it's true, and they're trying to do the right thing, and they're trying to speak truth, but they're just misinformed, and the teaching is off. And they're not the same manipulative, trying to get something kind of people. So you have these false teachers, false teachings. How do we know if it's true or not? So here are nine signs that I have kind of discovered, and they're in no particular order, just kind of as they came to my head. The first thing that I noticed, number one, would be skipping parts of the Bible. And this happened all the time in my old cult leader and cultic organization where we just missed sections of the Bible and we overemphasized other sections. So the book of Galatians, I don't think I ever read it until I was out because, you know, it talks about grace, freedom, not following religion and following Jesus instead. So definitely not something they wanted to cover because that's not where they were going. But there's other people who out there are out there who are just trying to skip other parts of the Bible. And so when you're skipping parts of the Bible, you're not actually catching the whole picture. You're not catching the whole vision of who God is or what his plan is or what his purposes are. 
And so the opposite of that would be to really try to understand the Bible in context, to read it appropriately with good hermeneutics, understanding the different sections, and not just skipping things because they don't you don't like them or they don't make sense, or you're trying to avoid them because you're trying to teach something different. Number two would be twisting Bible verses. And this happens a lot, and I think sometimes this happens completely innocently. People are just trying to use a Bible verse to make a point versus using the Bible to say what the Bible means. But there's so often in my upbringing where this has happened all the time, all the time. Using the King James Version only, things were just twisted, and they only looked at the English translation rather than looking into the, what it actually meant in the Greek, looking at context, the verses around it, the chapters around it, the original intent of the author. And so when you're just taking verses out of context and twisting them for your own gain, that is just a, it's a warning sign. Is this verse actually mean what it says it is, or is it mean what they say it means, or is it really something completely different? So definitely a warning sign there. Okay, here's a big one. This is a huge red flag. Creating new definitions for words without any backing or reason. This happened all the time when I was growing up. They had these new definitions for words with no authority to change the definitions at all. And this is something that I have seen multiple times recently. People changing the definition of the word holy, of the word good, just things like that. And with no warning, no reason, just changing the definitions and then using those definitions, number four, to create theology. So you've got this new definition for a word and you're creating theology. And this happens all the time in cults too. If you've ever gotten in a good conversation with somebody from one of those Christian cults I mentioned, they have this conversation with you and you think, yeah, you're on the same page. And then all of a sudden they realize like the words they're using do not have the same definition that you are using. So words like faith, words like justification, words, all those kinds of words that just, they don't mean the same thing to each of you guys, because this is a huge trick people do. They are going to twist the definition. They're going to change that definition for no reason. And then they're going to use it to create theology that is not really true. So watch for that. If you're listening to somebody, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're reading a book, if you're listening to a sermon, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I think they're using that word differently than it normally gets used. That is a huge, huge warning sign of false teaching. Number five. Black and white thinking. This is the idea of us versus them. It's only black or white. There is no middle ground. And I see this all the time. I mean, I'm very familiar with it growing up with it. It was us versus them. We were the chosen ones. The rest of the world was broken and worldly and they were going to hell and we were the only ones that had it together. But you've got the same idea across the board in, you know, liberal situations, progressive situations, conservative situations. People who are just black and white in the way they view things. Like if you are not with us, then you are against us and you're our enemy. The idea. And so just watch out for that black and white thinking, that us versus them. Because the reality is truth is found in tension. And we need people. And we need to be willing to give grace and to live in love and to hear from other perspectives and to understand where they're coming from so that we can really get a good understanding of the world. And we have to be willing to listen to others. If you are saying that it's only my way or the highway, that you're probably wrong. And that's just from experience and things I've heard. So just watch out for that black and white thinking, that us versus them mentality. Number six, a behavior-driven or non-existent gospel. So when you have somebody who's saying you need to do this, this, and this in order to be saved, that's a red flag. You need to give Jesus the complete control of your life in order to be saved. 
you're not going to know if you're saved unless you're like really living it out and you're doing all these things. That's a behavior-driven gospel, and that's not the true gospel. However, on the other hand, you can have people who have a non-existent gospel. They don't see a need for salvation because they don't see any sin. They don't see that, you know, the atonement is a terrible thing or these, these very key Orthodox Christian beliefs are now somehow offensive. And so they don't think there's a need for salvation. And so salvation is kind of like, oh yeah, he saved us from ourselves or I'm just vague and, and weird. And guys, the true gospel is very simple. God created the world. We broke it. We chose to go against him. He pursued us to the point of becoming one of us taking every punishment for every sin of the world on himself as he, with the perfect sacrifice, died on the cross to appease his own wrath, his own anger. It's gone. It's done. Jesus did it all. God did it all. And all we have to do is just accept that, choose to trust in him, and we are saved. That's the gospel. Is it kind of offensive because it says we're sinners and we needed salvation? Yeah, it is. Is it offensive because it sounds violent and, you know, blood is involved? Yep. But That's the Orthodox Christian gospel that we have been believing for the last 2,000 years. That's the gospel that Paul preached in the epistles, and that's the gospel that is still preached today. And so it can be offensive. Yeah, Paul talked about that. Very offensive, and yet it's the truth. Is it offensive that there's nothing we can do by ourselves to earn it? Yeah, it kind of is. It just pokes our pride. But that's the true gospel. It's not about our own behaviors because there's nothing we can do, but we need it. It can't be non existent. We need salvation, yet God has given us everything that we need. So yeah, I can get on that one, talk about that one for a long time. (laughs) Number seven, ignoring Jesus for who he really is. It's so weird, but growing up, I don't remember talking about Jesus. We talked about God a lot because they like to talk about the God of the Old Testament and how he wanted to get us if we got out of line and how he wanted to, you know, punish us or how he was expecting good behaviors from us. But Jesus was kind of absent. He was kind of just this afterthought. And like I said, I don't remember talking about the gospel growing up. And I don't, I just don't remember Jesus. He just wasn't really there. And so when you have a Jesus who's not there, or you have a Jesus who's weak and wimpy and just a human or a good man or a good prophet or whatever like that, that is a huge warning sign because Jesus is the exact image of God. Jesus is God, 100%. 100% God, 100% man. Don't know how that works, but that's tension theology again, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to hold on to these two seemingly opposing things and hold on to that truth. So if if your teaching or your teachers are minimizing Jesus and making him just this nice, nice guy that we need to like, yeah, he's a good person to follow. He's a good example. Like, watch out. That is a problem because Jesus is God. And as God, he showed us who God is. And he kind of shocked a lot of the religious people, and he definitely shocked a lot of the people who had nothing to do with God at all. Like it was just, he's just crazy. And that's, that's who God is. He's this amazing, awesome, powerful being who loves us enough to become one of us. Number eight, a large focus on correct behaviors. And I think as we look at this, it's really easy to jump to the conservative side of things. Um, And remember times when I was growing up where your behaviors were no rock music and wearing skirts and having long hair and don't talk to boys and don't go to college and you know, the list went on and on, on and on. Eat whole wheat bread. Don't eat pork. I mean, I got all kinds of crazy this for you. So it's really easy to think about conservative ways like that. But honestly, we can get just as behavior driven in the more progressive or liberal views when you, you just have a different list of behaviors. You know, you have these ideas of this is the appropriate behaviors to follow. And if you're not following those behaviors, then you've got a problem. 
And so once again, it's just behavior driven. If our hearts are behavior driven or if we're listening to teaching that is behavior driven and they're saying, this are the things we need to do to measure up, that's a problem. Because what really matters is the heart of people. God is after our hearts. And when our hearts are connected to his heart, then we will change. Our behaviors will be different. Things will be different. And it's not that we just ignore people's behaviors, but we focus on their hearts. And so truth and true teaching is going to be heart focused, not behavior focused. And number nine, there's this idea of do as I say, but not as I do. And you're going to see that in a false teacher. You're going to see that they're going to have these lists of expectations of behaviors and things that you should be doing. And yet at the same time, not doing themselves. I have so many examples from the leader of our organization of just silly stuff. He would say, this is how you do it. And then he would completely ignore it, his own self. And so as you're listening to this teacher or pastor or whatever, you know, look, it's okay to look and say, hmm, what kind of authenticity am I seeing here? You know, are they preaching one thing and doing something completely different? Are they saying one thing and doing something completely different? Is there authentic behavior here? Is there an authenticity of, you can see the fruit matches with what they're saying. So once again, I just want to finish this and just remind you, not everybody who is preaching false stuff is evil. Like it's not that they all are out there to manipulate and control. Some of them are just, they're just misinformed, but that doesn't mean that you have to listen to it. You can still be aware and you can still pay attention to who you're allowing into your mind. And you can still say, you know, don't think that's really the truth. And then it's your choice to decide if you're going to talk to them about it or not. However, some people are out there to manipulate you. There is something they're trying to get. And so that's just something to be aware of. Watch out. If you're in a church situation or a Christian organizational situation or stuff like that, just watch out. And once again, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks, it is okay to take care of yourself. It is okay to notice a problem. And if someone, if somehow you become the problem because you noticed it, it is okay to leave. It is okay to run. It is okay to get out. I think so often we, we long for healing and restoration. You know, we pray for reconciliation. We know that God can do anything. And so you just, you long for that. And sometimes you just stay in a situation that's not healthy for too long. Looking back, my parents are very regretful for how long they stayed in our organization, in our church that we were a part of. And even though they had red flags, they just were like, well, it'll be okay. We can stay. And, you know, they regret that now. So it's okay. It's okay to leave. It's okay to take care of yourself. Next time, we're going to just kind of touch on healing from spiritual abuse. How do we get over this if we've noticed that it's there and can we get over it? And is that really even the goal? So I'm excited to share that with you guys. And until then, you keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com for more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.